0: People, welcome to episode 17 of Misfits. This is where I speak to the rebels, the outliers, the unconventionals of Singapore. Try to see things as how they see it and to learn from them. Some of these individuals include Daniel Ong, who started a million-dollar cupcake empire, Dr. Loretta Chun, who is the consultant to the Kingdom of Bhutan, which, by the way, also just got hired by Tesla. She might just be the first um, Singaporean who got hired by Tesla. I need to verify that fact, though. Um, Asian Pong and a whole lot more. And today on the show, we have Cole Singchun, Is the founder and managing director of Dignity Kitchen, Singapore's first hawker training centre for the disabled and the disadvantaged. So Dignity Kitchen has trained over 400 individuals and successfully given job placement to all of them. So under the the umbrella of Project Dignity, it runs several other programmes which includes Dignity Mama Store, Dignity Cottage, uh, Lunch Street for the Elderly, and more. So he's also the author of three books, Elements of Success, Business, Education, and Living. And some of them are best in both India and Malaysia. On the site, is a professor at John School of Global Management. In this conversation, we spoke about how he managed to negotiate a scholarship with William Cook PLC, building a network in India, in Record Time, teaching entrepreneurship at Espijan, Changni Prison, and lots more. So, without further ado, I hope you guys enjoy the episode. So, welcome to the show. Thank you, thank you. Yeah. So, you know, like I always like to ask uh, all my uh, interviewees, if someone were to come out in an event and were to come up to you and ask you, what do you do? How um, would you answer them? Of course, you know, usually you'll be in your t-shirt, so they will know, but this time around, maybe you're not. What do
1: I do? I'm a father uh, of two sons, two boys, Uh, I'm married, I'm a husband, Uh, I am an entrepreneur, a social entrepreneur who runs the shop, I'm a teacher, Uh, so I'm a management consultant, I help people to grow their company, so that is how I would address myself. Depends on, a lot depends on who wants to know and why you want to know, you know? Most of the time. If a young man came along and say, uh, yeah, I want to, uh, what do you do? So I will tell them, okay, I'm a teacher, you know? If uh, a businessman came along, I'll tell them I'm a social entrepreneur, right? So it depends on, if a friend comes along, I yeah, I'm a father of two sons. Yeah, because you wear so many hats. No, everybody wear many hats. Uh, it's like my wife always say, it looks like a die's got six faces, you know? Each face that you use when you
0: use it. So that's how I see it. And if I could just, uh, if you want to take a step at describing your childhood, you know, paint us a picture. How, where, you know, do you grow up, you know, your, your surroundings? I, I grew up at, uh, okay, I'm born in
1: 1959. I live uh in Havelock Road area, Jalamiya area. I grew up in those areas. Uh, my father at that time is bus conductor. My mother is a spinstress, she sold dresses and stuff like that. Uh I'm youngest of six kids. Uh my my uh my eldest my eldest one is sister, then brother, sister, brother, sister, brother. So I'm the youngest of the lot, right? So uh I'm very fortunate. I'm one of six of them. i And the one who actually got better education because by the time, you know, number one drop out for number two, number two drop out for number three, number three, so forth, I was a lucky one. I managed to go further my study. Mm -hmm. So I studied at a place called Perseal Primary School, uh, which is now, they don't have it anymore. Uh, Then I went on to study, I studied at Bukit Secondary School and then on to study at Queenstown Secondary uh, Technical School. Then I decided to go, go to Polytechnic, Singapore Polytechnic. It was at that stage that I realized uh, after graduating, I was in the Navy and I worked in Jirong Shipyard. Yeah. Okay. It was at that time that I realized how important education is. Then I told my mom and dad I want to further study. So I packed my bag. I went to UK to study.
0: Wait uh, a minute there. Um, why, what made you realize that it's so important working no, because, at Jirong Shipyard. I mean... Uh, I get people coming in, he's got
1: a degree, he's paid thousand one while I only got diploma, I only paid eight hundred dollars. I'm not very study I'm not a very studious person. I don't I'm very fortunate. I have very happy family value, family support. I'm very fortunate. We used to have eight person living in uh, one flat in Mia. So I can understand the early days of Singapore. Right. So I'm very so you come to a stage where you go out to work and you realize, wow, you need to have a degree. You know, so I packed my bag. Uh, I asked my mom, I need to go
0: overseas study. We're not very preach, and yeah. my mom said, yeah, you go and study. I will you find you the money. You didn't um, look into studying locally, did you? No, um, at that time,
1: poly in Singapore, poly last time, NTU and US will not accept them. It's not like now polytechnic can go to university. At that time, you can't. So. I decided that I want to go and study. So there were many offers for me. At that time, I applied to many places. Uh, I got a place at uh, Sheffield University yes. where I do mechanical engineering. Yeah. Uh, so when I went there to study, uh, I re- I'm quite fortunate. Now. I, did, I did dual honours degree, meaning that I did two degrees, mechanical engineering and business study. Mm-hmm. I, after
0: three years, I ended up with first class honours for both. Right. Yeah. And during your time over at Sheffield University, too, um, you were working with William, uh, William Cook. No, not at that time, it was a summer job. Uh, okay. Okay. What happened is I need
1: to work, and because financially we are quite tight, not enough money. Uh, I remember working there five jobs. On top of study, I, do, I, work, I have to study. On top of study, I work part time. I work in all kinds of places. I learned a lot. I, I was in a Chinese takeaway, I clean graveyard. I was a car mechanic, uh, I worked in the cinema, wow. you know, all this job to earn, to, to make my make ends meet. So when, what happened, I was very fortunate, I was looking for a summer job. I went to a factory that uh, make cast foundry, steel foundry. Yeah. So I told the company I want to work. This gentleman who come and greet me said, why don't I show you the place? So he showed me the place and he said, do you still want to work? Because... If you understand why it's steel foundry is very mucky, it's very mucky, at, uh, you know it's not very environmentally friendly to work, and it's hot steel, molten metal. But at that time, I thought this could be a very good, you know, for engineers. This is fantastic experience. So I quite fortunate. I went to work for him the summer. Uh, I must have done quite well. He came back and said because what I did was, I because when I went to study, I'm already twenty five. I'm very old in the class. So, because I worked several years in Jerome Shipyard. So, when I went there and I worked there, I got more experience. So, when I was in the foundry, I realized there's another way of doing layout, you know, process improvement. So, I told him, why don't I redraw the whole layout? And I did. Wow. I showed it to him and he was very impressed. So, uh, next day he came back and said, why don't you work for me? I said, Ken, if I work for you, can you pay my scholarship? You can give me a scholarship. And he said, "Okay." He went back. He came back. Okay, uh, come and work for me two years. I'll pay a scholarship. I'll give you a scholarship. So I end up after graduating working for a company called William Cook Steel Casting. Yeah.
0: Well, because the thing is that I'm, I'm. What I'm surprised is that um, you managed to almost secure yourself a, um, a a scholarship where it's like it's not given out usually, but you managed to ask for it and, and you get it.
1: In my life, I think, I plot my life very well. Hmm. And one of the things I do is that I need to get, I need to support. You know, my mom and dad support me in the education. Mm-hmm. I hope if you can find more money, will help supplement the case. So, what I did is I worked for, I went to work for them. I graduated. And I'm quite fortunate when I graduated, my mom, did, my mom came over and saw my graduation. So... Uh, I worked in this foundry. I decided I went back. I I I I went to work for William Cook. Now William Cook produced casting, as small as like a golf club, as big as a GE motor. So I, it was the largest independent steel foundry, and that's where I realized, uh, the color of the skin. I'm a management con. I'm management training. So going there. And William Cook. Yeah, and okay. first, I must. Be, I was the only one, the first one they ever had. Mm-hmm. So the colour of the skin matters, right? Imagine that was also during the time of the coal miner strike. Something that many Singaporeans would not understand is when the whole country went on strike, right? On top of that, William Cook actually supplied casting to them, right? So I need to go to coal mine and all that. I learned a lot about strikes. For uh, well, six months, I was apprenticeship. I learned it's a two-year apprenticeship. First six months, I went through all the basic section.
0: That is after you graduated. Yeah, after I
1: graduated, so I worked in the casting. So I realized it's a fantastic experience. Not many Singaporeans had that one. So I learned also one thing: respect has to be earned. You see, they either call me Charlie Chan or Bruce Lee. You know, they never call me. So they think I'm a Japanese. Uh, a lot kind of things culturally, they are different, especially in this industry. Still, still industry is a close industry. And I'm very fortunate. I must be the only Chinese Singaporean foundryman in the whole UK at that time. I learned a lot, actually. Right. And through the course of it, I realized uh, I have to earn their respect. So I went through a lot of things that they put me through. There are a lot of things they put me through. Can like you anyway. tell,
0: tell us some, some of those? Uh,
1: because they know that you're going to be a boss one day and you're a foreigner. So what happened, Well, they put me to places. If you don't understand how foundry works, all the sand will go down. I'm the one who to clean everything. Actually, one of the one of the most uh, exp- best experience I ever had was the day I become their manager. You see, by the end of the day, I have to be their manager. So there's a little story that I learned a lot. You see, industry is very close. Everybody knows everybody. Uncle, brother all work there. I'm the only the foreigner that comes in. So I can understand about foreign talent coming to Singapore. And being studying at Sheffield University, I also know about foreign students going to study overseas. So for that reason I decided, yeah. It was a little story that I make put life into perspective and I took it back myself. Uh it was an incident that happened on the last day of my training. Uh I'm not sure where I should actually style story, but I no, you we know, skip this one. So okay. Skip this story, a story. But I learned a That's lot. Fine. That's we can always cut it.
0: You have the final edits to the to the to the video. So Okay, I, la, okay, la, I'll tell you. <laughs> so the story goes like this.
1: It was the last day of the training. Mm-hmm. Tomorrow, I'll become their foundry manager, yeah. right? But today is the day that they realize, uh, they really ready to make sure I go through the last procession. It's an orientation thing. You, you must understand, when I first came to the thing, there's something called quite unique. It's an orientation. It's a game called ABC. Every person who come in the company, in the foundry, in, the, in my steel green set foundry, they have to go through this ABC trick. So A will come and tell me, A, hey, why don't you talk to B? Uh, B, uh, sister is a belly dancer, very famous, everything. So being new, you go and ask, the, you know, you, you try to make friends, right? Yeah. So I went there, I make friends. Then what happened was, I went to ask B, tell me what happened to your sister. B will cry, scream and shout and then run away, right? So you got shocked. And these are guys. These are guys. These are, this is a very good routine. Actually, I'm writing a book about this. So, then I don't know what to do. i go to see A. A, can you tell me what happened? So, A will ignore me. So, I went to see C. C will say he shouldn't ask. A sister went through an accident. The belly dancer lost the leg, everything. C's job is to make, me, make my life very difficult. You keep pounding me. Why you do this? Why you ask stupid questions? Why? Pounding for days and days and days. Many people will resign. Many people will find it very difficult because they are new to the place. And everybody in the factory will, is part of the act. Everybody will make it very difficult for you. So this is called ABC trick. Right. I didn't know after many years there, then I learned how to do this myself. So I become, at the end of the day, I was also part of the gang. Sometimes I play A, sometimes I play B. Sometimes so a, It's a traditional thing that we do. So this taught me a lot about, you know, respect. I, tell, I, earn a, I learned a lot about the culture there. And I love the country. I love the people. I love my foundrymen. men, 48 of them, 10,000 tons of steel. I tell them that sometimes when they come to strike, because of one-pence, they will blow the whistle, the whole thing down tools. And everybody had to rush to the furnace to stir the furnace. It's actually quite a fantastic experience. Not many in Singapore will encounter this. The day I graduated as a management trainee was a day that I learned a lot about what respect is. You see, it was a very cold winter day. And uh, I had my, what they call, donkey jacket. Donkey jacket is very thick. And there's a cap I used to do from Zhiyong I wear that all the time. So it was winter, and my job is very simple. It was the last day where I looked look after the furnace. You see, to make casting, you need to melt the metal, and then put melt in. So what happened is, I was asked to fetch the scrap. Bring the scrap up the, up the slope, and pour into the furnace. You see, I don't know. I really don't know. So I went to collect all the scrap. And because it's winter, all the scrap are wet. So when I pull it up and go to the furnace, the furnace is 1.5 ton. It's about uh, 3 feet diameter. I'm supposed to pour in. What happened is that as I bring the trolley up, you see everybody move back. Every single one move back. At that time, I don't know what happened, right? So I I was told that, well, it's a job, right? (laughs) Nobody told me. So what I do, I pour the scrap into the molten metal. Now, people will not tell you. When hot metal hit motor metal, boom, boom bursts. Right. And when it bursts, uh, okay, these are manganese steel. Meaning that when it hits your skin, uh, it sizzles. So imagine the whole fire goes up and we come down. Uh, it burns the entire body. That day, uh, that day what happened? I look up. I was... Wow, very painful, really very, very painful. Right. I look up and one person say something, smile. That one word taught me a lot of things. So I smile. And everybody there also laugh and clap. And that day told me that, I mean, respect, I earn it. You work long hours, I work even longer hours. You take shit, I take shit. You do this, and I tell you, it's one of the greatest bunch of people I ever worked with. When they went through thick and thin, minus strike shortage of scrap la, you know everything uh, they all come together and we work together. And that day become I become the foundry manager of William Cook Steel Casting. The company has capacity. My boss very clever. Why don't we start uh, buying company, strip them, take the order, do ourselves, right? So at that time, I was part of the team. Yeah, because
0: William Cook then was still a cast, steel casting. No, it's
1: always been a steel casting. It's until today, it's steel casting.
0: Right.
1: So because what happened the merger is, and
0: acquisition came yeah, about. Then
1: what happened is yeah. the idea was to buy people's companies, strip them, take the out order, and do ourselves. Right. I, be, I was asked to be the, uh, then I was part of the team. But in order to do that, you need to IPO. So I was involved with the acquisition, uh, in, uh, initial public offering for of William Cook Steel Casting. To William Cook still uh, PLC then they list the money he got money then we went around the world buying company I was involved with uh, 30 company bought it sharp 5 I'm what they call an asset stripper I strip company right which I'm very good at so after many years of doing this uh, I decided enough of
0: doing this because Can I unpack that a little bit about buying and shipping because I think you're in a very unique position that not a lot of people actually have that experience um, Why do people buy company? Well, why is probably the the reason is to to take their orders. And I guess uh, maybe just unpack that a little bit for us. Okay, why? Okay. William Cook maybe do X kind of job. For example,
1: they do uh, general commercial work. So the other company maybe do defense equipment, like military track, uh, tank, uh, all that, right? So you buy them in to complement your business, right? We do a lot of mining product. So, one thing people acquire is either acquire new industry, acquire new technology. We acquire a company that makes uh, container boxes. At the end, those brackets. Those brackets a proprietary, right? So, we buy company for purpose and then expand the business from £3 million to £30 million in five years, right? Uh, at that time, it's 4 point something. you book a $120 million
0: business. It's a lot of money, and right? And when you go in uh, to a company, obviously you you do your research, and this is like they will give you. This is the company I want to either buy, sell, or or, or strip down or close it down. What is your job when you? My job
1: is more the intellectual property. You see, for making castings, you need patterns. My purpose. I'm the IT person. I will because my purpose is those patterns must be safeguarded, because to make anything you need the pattern, you need a mold. I, I look after the mall. Because without looking after the mall, the business has no value. So basically, I my job is to, when we go and negotiate, I have to evaluate what condition of all the mall, condition meeting, what proprietary, any any right, and who has the right to it. I do all this work. Right. Then I'll tell them, okay, uh, this is worth $2. But the guy will say, well, seller will ask for more, I want $10. So my job is to give them the valuation of what I think. So... 30 companies bought H-5. Are you also a negotiator in that uh, time? So I negotiated. I went to China in 1987. or mid 80s. Uh, to involve with a company called a big China company. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Then no I stated. was in Indonesia to Bandung. I was in Babayo, well, Spain. I was in New York. I deal, I went all over the world. I am mean, very fortunate. At the age of 20-something, I traveled the world doing what? this.
0: What I'm curious to know... What were your hit rate of the company? How how do you make offers so good that they would want to? Anything can be.
1: Any actually any deal can be closed. Man. Seriously, I mean I'm involved. I with what, later on we become consultant. Anything can be. Any deal can be closed. It's to what extent you want to close it. That's all. Right. So either the scope of coverage, either the duration, either the proprietor, everything can be done. You see, we don't normally when I acquire something, I don't normally look at the figures one. I look at, first of all, what the, 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 proprietary, the proprietary right of the company, what they have. Secondly, I look at the people. The people is what makes it whole special. We also learn a lot that sometimes we are failures as well. We mess up a lot of things, but the cost of it, we learn.
0: I'm what about the what people it, that, that you look, look out for? and?
1: We look for people. At the end, they... You mean the
0: owners of the business? The,
1: the team, the owner, the team, the people that runs the business. Very important. No point buying a company and the people all resign, you know? You have to buying company is easy. Seriously. Shutting company is even easier. Trying to keep the business running is the tough part. It's, just, it's not that complicated. But some
0: some of the business you said you went in to just shut it down and but some you keep running. What what was the
1: some where they are worth keeping you keep it. You see, we buy company, but for example, we buy the company with containers. You know, the container bracket, you see the bottom? That is very unique, right? There's a property right for that. We buy for that for many years and it's easy to make, you know, one by yeah. one. For every container you make, you definitely need the bracket, right? So, that's what I do so for that living. So, that company
0: didn't got shut down? Or... No, I didn't
1: shut down. Okay, there's Some, Some are defense equipment because of defense tracks and all that. We do that. That's mm-hmm. what I do. So, this is the part. Basically, these are a lot of these are confidential I think, right? so we just we we have very careful how we do this yeah right. okay, what we say also
0: oh yes um, so no. after that
1: after yeah. many years of doing that I decided to go do my study further my study so in I decided to do my master. master of Science in Computer Integrated Manufacturing let me explain to you I got very cool f- foresight of things to happen in the, every 10 years if you ask me what happened in the. 2030, 40, 2040, I can tell you the answer, right, how I see it. But that's my view of looking at it. So when I was at that stage, I realized in the 1980s, let me look back now. In the 1980s, we talk about quality. Akio, Morita, Sony, and all that. In the 1990s, we talk about productivity and all those stuff, right. In 2000, we talk about Y2K, you know, the computer thing. 2010, we talk about apps. Everything is a modern app, you know. 2020, we talk about social enterprise. 2030, we talk about, uh, 2030, we talk about water. 2040, we'll be looking at food. And that's how I see. So if somebody asks me, how you want to do business, I will tell them, maybe i are 20-something, I uh, better look at food in the future. All right. Coming back to my, this thing now is, so basically what I do is, after graduate, I do my master's degree. And I got my master's degree. After graduating, i very fortunate. I got a job with Geneva uh, for working for a society general. And uh, that was realized ISO very important. And as an engineer, I want to learn. And one of the key jobs is ISO give us a chance to see a lot of companies, assess them for ISO. So I learned a lot. I was trained in Geneva. And I was posted to uh, Oden in Manchester to work. For oh, those who... I mean, how would you define ISO? I mean, ISO at- is a quality international quality standard. Correct. And I was trained to be an audit or assessor. So I did that for a few years. Then uh, 2004, I came back
0: to Singapore. Did you specifically chose that job because then you can... Uh, I learned a lot. I can do different a
1: company. And mm-hmm. I was offered a job because I realized that ISO is very new in the industry. Everybody needs to be certified. So that's why I went to took this job. That's why I told you my foresight a very good one. So I'm very I was very fortunate, I was headhunted back. Either I go to Shanghai, Indonesia, or Singapore, or Hong Kong. I decided, time to come back. Why I come back is just to share with audiences. Soon or later, your children have, you know, I do it for my son, my children. I realized it's a nice culture, but at the end, day, I don't want my children to grow up like a banana, yellow on the outside, white on the inside. So I decided to bring them back, and in 1994, I came back to Singapore.
0: So when you had your children, you were still were My eldest son Geneva was born over there. No, no, in Hong Kong. Was, I was still in Sheffield. My house is in Sheffield. Okay. So I
1: still, I mean, that is where I, I, my eldest son was born. So we decided to bring the eldest son back. The second one was born in Singapore. Okay. Yeah. So I came back to Singapore. I worked for uh, Cooper's, Cooper's and Lybrand.
0: Yeah.
1: I worked as a management consultant. So the first time was quite tough because basically I don't have network. And Coopers provide a platform for me to, you know, uh, engage people and build my career from there. I always believed that, I, way back, I always wanted to be an entrepreneur. But I realized I don't have the money, I don't have anything. Right, I really don't have, I don't, my family is not that rich. So basically, I came to the Coopers for one thing. I always wanted to be a, start my own consultancy firm. So I started my own consultancy firm. Later on. So, Coopers provided me an opportunity to learn about consultancy. Uh, I did, I'm, I specialized in small business. Oh, at that time, it's called Promising Local Enterprise, PLC. And I, I did IPO, I did mergers and acquisitions, I did total business plan, a lot of things. It was quite a good experience for me. You, was that also designed for that job when you came back? I wanted the job because it provide me a platform to start up my own business. So, 94 to 97, I do that. 97, I started my own business. I started a consultancy called CRISPR Badgering Consultancy Sorry, Services. Name after two of your Yeah, because I uh, believe that as an entrepreneur, you must always know why you're doing it. Mm-hmm. It cannot be about money all the time. It's something I love to do. Yeah. And one thing I love to do is to work with people, uh, uh, small company. You see, in Cook, when I was in William Cook, I specialized in closing company down. At that time, I must have made thousands of people redundant. Here, they call retrenchment. They're called redundant. And I realized, no, that's not the way. I want to do more, right? And that's now when I came back, when I started my consultancy business, I realized I want to help companies to grow. So from 1997 to, I don't know, 2010, I've done over 56 over companies. Uh, my, I started doing ISO, but I realized that wasn't very good. Why is that, that so? Because less and less money, right? And a lot of people doing it. So after that, I go into something quite unique. I go into the business development. Uh, As you told just now, I went to China in 1980s. I've been in and out of China for many, many times. Then I realized uh, I also know I want to build my business in
0: business development. So I went to India. Okay. Uh, before we we get started on that, I mean, I just want to unpack a little uh, with Christopher Benjamins. When you first started, when you get out of Coopers, how I mean, like 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 what my friends say in consultancy, mainly they get you because of the brand. Be, uh, they didn't get the consultant because of the consultant. More more than that, they want to bring to the to the board of management that uh, this guy uh, who's a consultant from so-and-so company and he says this so hence the, the rest of the consult, uh, people on the table will say okay that's a good decision and so whenever a new business consultant get out from his old job uh, to this new job they face a lot of problems finding new uh, uh, customers so what was your you actually know, one of the things
1: I want to share with people is that when you're Cooper's and Lybrand your name card is very big deal yes. so people look to you wow you know the lesson dawned on me when I went out is that as an entrepreneur, Christopher Benjamin, nobody knows, right? So when I give my name card, the same person that I talk to, look at the name card. You no, know, we prefer the big, you know? But that 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 doesn't hurt me at all because I have a good, very good reputation as a consultant. I'm very successful and very confident. When I say we deliver, means we deliver, right? So when I started building my consultancy, I focus a lot on process, system, everything. I take small company, right. Then later, I went to, uh, decided to develop business. Okay, let me explain about a bit why I do India. Uh, The story goes back, in 1997, I was very successful. My 97, I come out, I think 98, 99, I bought a watch. Uh, Then I bought a Mercedes-Benz, then I bought a car, i uh, sorry, I bought an uh, office, right. So things are doing quite well. Then I brought I, I torn the Achilles tendon here. Yes. And for months and months and months, I was out of, I was out of work because basically. So entrepreneurship, at that time, I realized it's very tough. It's not everybody's cup of tea. Mm. And that's where I realized uh, I want to write a book and share, right. I wrote three books, right. One is called The element of Success in Business. What I'm trying to explain to people is that... That's the first book, though, right? Yeah. Uh, what I'm trying to share is, uh, basically, for every Bill Gates and, you know, all these people you see, right, there are millions and millions of people who want to be there. So, I thought entrepreneurship is not everybody's cup of tea. Then I went on to write the second book and the third book, right? It's all based on the element of Success in Business.
0: Now, so, for the first book, what was, what was the impetus to write it?
1: No, to tell people that entrepreneurship is not that simple. I never, I'm one of the few people who don't think that, you know, if you, read, and you go to entrepreneurship, you really love it. Don't do it because you want lots and lots of money. It doesn't work that way. So, I wrote the first book. That, I wrote mm. that success is a satisfying state of the mind. Failure is when you stop trying, right? That's what I wrote. And I went on to write that book and it went on to very successful in India. One of the best sellers in India, right? Uh, then I wrote the second one. It's called Elements of Success
0: in uh, Education. I want to unpack a little bit on the first book on Elements of Success in Business. Um, How, what was your process writing the book? Actually, it was not complicated. Because you want to debunk
1: this whole no, no. myth that it is very yeah, difficult, but actually. My life is filled with dreams, you know, one after another. Mm-hmm. As a childhood dream, what I have is, um, I'll tell you more about one day a month thing. Uh,
0: yeah, no, we we'll Yeah, uh, we'll one of the that. things
1: I have to do is when I was young is I always go to library. I love libraries. I love books. And I always think that one day if I ever grow up, I will write a book and people will go to the library and, buy my, and, call, and see my book. And that was the thing. That's why I thought, yeah, why not write a book? I was in hospital for a few weeks. That's why I told myself we'll write a book, keep my mind occupied. So that is what I did. I wrote the first book. I went to write on the second book, called Animal Success. I Wait, was very fortunate. How,
0: so how do you write the first book?
1: That's right, I don't think it's uh, that.
0: It was it I, was After just...
1: finishing a book, after finishing a book, I never actually do anything. I was at working, somebody came along, friend of mine came along, saw the book, he said, wow, this is a very good book. He took the book, he went to a publisher, Went to another publisher and went to Marshall Cavendish in UK and they published a book. Then I signed contract for four books. So I just carried on writing. Oh, wow. It's based on a set of elements. Wow. It's called the element of success.
0: Mm-hmm. And uh, But because it seems to me that the when the book came out and when what you wanted to write before was like maybe debunking the myth that entrepreneurship is. No, easy. I wasn't debunking the whole concept of
1: entrepreneurship. I was trying to explain to you the, what, what, what is the success factor for uh, entrepreneurship. Mm-hmm. Uh, it makes your five elements. Okay, the, so this is the... The essence of the book is based on this formula.
0: Yeah, so which now, book is this? Are we all, about? Three books. all three, it's three books. It's
1: what I call the Success of Business. The reason why Marshall, Cambridge, Federal are all printing this book because of this formula I'm able to capture what is called, what I call element success. Let's say, for example, in business. To be successful in business, you really must love the business, right? Must have passion for I love food. So that was what my Jesus. The second is time. Time is fixed, right? So you must invest time in the business. Thirdly, knowledge. Uh, you must be willing to learn. You know, if you think I know Hawker Center, I already don't know. I need not know how to eat. Little money, it's not how much you have, it's how you spend it. Next, health, physical, mental health. To run a business like that, you must be fit. You know, business has to be fitness. Massive opportunity. So, I wrote the first book about uh, business. They liked so much, they asked me write the second one called Elements of Success
0: in Education. So, when you wrote the first book in business, will you is this sort of defined already this uh, formula yeah or it came on
1: no 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 I, uh, I got something to tell people if you want to go to the business you must really love it because if you just say oh I want to do it for the money and all that no nah, do the fame and all that no you do it because you really love what you do and that I really love what I do I love consultancy yeah I know the second book about education because I realized uh, I always thought that I want to write a book because my son at that time there's something called EM1, EM2, EM3. I think
0: that's and uh, so
1: I decided that my son's study wasn't very good, Chinese wasn't very good. So I want to write a book about education. And I wrote that that whatever you do about education, he must love the subject. Secondly, invest time in your son. You know, you see, it, it's no point to live service, makes knowledge, teach him how to study. You're a father, you should know how to teach, makes money. Tuition is not cheap. One child tuition with thousands of dollars makes health. Some children are able, not willing. Some are willing, not able. Some of the children you see here are not willing, not able. Right. The best is blessed is the children who are willing, able. Right. Educate children are all the time. There's no such a quality time, quantity time. Education children is all the time. Everything is a learning. So there's always opportunity. Right. It was so successful that asked me that what a third one. This time, I wrote. But it a wasn't
0: book. bestseller. The second one, the first one. It was one, in Malaysia. Oh, it's Malaysia. Yeah, oh wow. Yeah.
1: Then they don't sell in Singapore. Why?
0: Why do no, they no, not sell in I Singapore? No, because I don't do
1: the publicity in Singapore. For them, why Marshall is good is that they send me to various places to promote the book. Singapore, I don't because I also got I don't know I just consultancy take up too much of my time. So I wrote the third book about life. Actually, the story behind it is very simple. I was asked to write about life was at that time in India. And what what happened was the publisher said, why don't you write about life? So I said, I really don't know much about life. I'll go and find out. At that time, I was in somewhere in Chennai and I went to a temple. And one thing I learned about uh, Chennai is that, you know, about temple is that, a monk is that, if you ask them about life, it's an eight hours lecture. So I decided that after learning from him about something called Baban Gita, Yeah, he told me something very nice. He said, "If you really want to know about life, go to a place called Daravi. Daravi is in the east of Malaysia, uh, east of India, in a place called Mumbai. It's one of the poorest places in the world. So I went there, uh, according to what the what, what the monk has asked me to do, and I walked into Daravi. It must, must have seen the show, the Slumdog Millionaire." There is and I walked around and I realized, why did the monk call me to come here? So I walk, 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 we haven't seen property till you see this place, people are very poor. A small square like that huh, can have the kind of kitchen, the bathroom, room, the everything all into one. And the place smells a lot. After walking, what, nearly three hours, trying to find why was I here, why am I here? People are very kind when they give me milk to drink and all that. After three hours, I realized something. The poorest place in the world has one thing. Laughter. People laughing, very happy, right? And after I came back and I rewrote the book, right? And I called Element of success in living. You see, life is about living. You must have passion for life, you know? For what I see a lot of people, you know, to them is work, live, And I, I find that there's more to that than just work. Secondly, uh, I think time is fixed, one. I think it's very fair that everybody is 24 hours. Rich or poor, young or old is 24 hours. So, eight ten 10 hours you go and sleep, eat, whatever, you go toilet, you know. 8 hours you go to work. There's only 6 hours left for physical, mental, social, family time. That's all, nothing else. That's fixed. No matter who you are, you still have 24 hours. Life is about learning. Never, never, never stop learning. That's why until today, I'm very blessed. Next, I've seen people living on $800 a month, $500 a month. You see, life is how, money is what you make out of it, you know. It's not how much you have. Sometimes it's about how you spend it, that's all. Right. Next, life is about health, physical, mental health. And life is full of opportunity. I was explaining to my, my boy led, in the book, It's actually explained a lot of things. Huh? For example, you know, a lot of people say, I work, go and work. Good. Actually, if you look at life, uh, it's a bell curve. Right? So from 10 years old to seven, 60 years old, that is your earning power. You know, you think 10 years old can earn power? No. So it's also your network. That is where you build. By the time you come to 70s, 80, uh, there's no more, you know. So this is always life is of believing. And that's why I say, that's why this book is so successful. And I wrote all three books. Huh? The second one is of education. I wrote that uh, what education is about... What did I wrote? That is the first one called Element of Success. Success is satisfying state of the mind. Failure is when I stop trying. I wrote the second one. Eh? Education is about... It's not about good grade, it's about good moral value, you know? And life cannot be just about work. I've seen you know, people doing that and I think they missed the whole point of life, you know? So that's why I wrote three books. So the three books, let's go back to my consultancy. The book was written because I broke my leg and for months now I was not out of job. So I decided that if I recover later on, I should do something about it, you know, so I decided to do, the idea is I'm, I'm a very good strategist. So the
0: first book in business? Yeah. Or oh, you really know no, you are no, on no, the right no. tree. The oh.
1: time I want to venture because the book was written in India. It's not written in Singapore. Got right. It. When I was traveling. I travel a lot. So basically at that time when I travel, that's why I wrote the book after I recover. So my strategy was very simple. Why don't I take China company to develop business in India? India company to develop business in China. We're talking about late 1990s. Nobody ever talked of India at that moment.
0: Wait, has this, is this anything to relate with the book? Or you write, you write the book while yeah, doing while your I doing consultancy? My business. I,
1: I have to recover first. So during the recovery, I finish off the book and I left it alone. Then I travel,
0: right? right, right. So
1: I travel from China to India, India to China. And that's how I developed the business. Right.
0: So this moment in time, you were still um, helping SME to yeah.
1: All my clients, clients are, are SME. And I have a client in China. I work with them very closely. A lot of people say you can't make money of Chinese and all that. All the problems they have in China. Same thing. Uh, a lot of Chinese come to Singapore also lost money. What the heck? right? Same thing. So I got the same logic. You know, same thing. So this is quite a good formula. Now, you want to know about Indian story, right? How I penetrate India, right? Yeah. You read about it, right? Have you read about yes. it? Right? So... India is a very difficult market to penetrate. Really so, serious.
0: Because so right now, how do you, let me get, go back a little bit on China. So you, right now, you have China and you have Singapore companies. and uh,
1: At that time, Singapore government said, oh, go China, go China. Oh, so
0: you, you went? No,
1: no, no, no. I was there in 1980. Before Go Chok Tong come back, talk about it, I already went there. Already. Yeah. And I realized China is not an easy market. Yeah. It's really... Yeah. Why? Because the culture is different. Imagine years and years of communism and they are restrictive and you don't have basic needs, and all of a sudden they say, open up, right, black mouse, white mouse, black cat, doesn't matter as long as you can catch a mouse, huh? so at the end they the day, that kind of mindset is very different from, which is what happened to Vietnam, Myanmar now, they are same eye mindset, the, the eagerness to learn, the eagerness to grow, the eagerness to uh, you know, progress, is something the hunger is there, and the cause of it, I met a lot of very nice, very interesting people, but why it's so hard for
0: you to go into that market?
1: No, no, it's not oh, hard. Also it's not hard. It's not hard. I, because I went there, I built very good relationship with a lot of people. Yeah. I went there in 1980 plus. <laughs> the people I know last time were just a clerk. Now they're CEO, chief executive, oh. IT expert in a lot of mm. areas. I never so expect anything from anyone, you know? Yeah. I always tell people, I'm not here to make do business. I'm here to make friends. Mm. Right? And that's and how I
0: built. So yeah. now you, you, you just go on this trip yourself, you solo I assume, um, and you landed in China. Ah. What is your, you have, I don't know, one week maybe, what, what, what do you do here? Because I think it most depends. people who no, say they I want go to go there, venture out, they are, just blur, right? What, in China, what, yeah. I'm quite lucky. You don't pay me, I don't go. China ah. is one of
1: the beauty I learned one thing over the years to how to do China. I'm one of the few people very successful in China. Yes. I don't do Chinese business. I take the Chinese out of water. I take the fish out of water. I bring them to Australia. I bring them to various places. I bring them out. So when you're out, I bring them to India. You no, know, When they're out, they really depend on you. Language of everything all depends on you. So I'm very successful in the China. I always tell people, don't do Chinese business. There's no way you can win them one. Bring them out of water them to go other places. Did you
0: learn this the hard way or?
1: No, just, I I, I realised logic, uh, it's logic, nothing is right. Life is for logic. So I explained that. So I start bringing them out. I bring them to Australia to do work. I bring them to Singapore, registered company. Do simple, simple talk. How did you get out. in
0: touch with them in the first place?
1: No, I know them for many years. And by oh. China, also by word of mouth. Okay. You see, because they're close up, last time there's no internet, no Google. So, they will go by word of mouth. Oh, uh, one by one by, and then they just call you. But when they call, you have to be, you, you mustn't think like a Singaporean. Contract all this is, is work. you must work like a, think like a Chinese. So I tell them, you don't pay me, I don't call, I don't go, I don't do your thing for you. So pay me first. And they pay you first. Right. You must think like a Chinese. For years and years, they have been sheltered. Now they open up, you must understand the mindset. They want to get to A and B at the fastest possible time, at their own speed, at their own pace, right? So you must work at their way they do things. Paper is just a price, a piece of paper. It doesn't mean a thing. A lot of time, it's about relationship. And I'm very fortunate I built a very good relationship. And if you look at what I do now, they even admire me more. You know, they love me for doing things like that. Because I never have intention of doing business with you. But if you want to do business with me in China, I will take you out. But it's also a matter of trust. And one thing very good, by word of mouth, if uh, you say there are bad people in China, there are also bad people in Singapore. So what's the big fuss? You, know? you just have to find the right players to work.
0: And you started out back. with a good track record and now it's just basically word of mouth.
1: You don't try to go... And make do business with people in China. Seriously, and all these years I never tried to do business. It's like oh, you ask me to do something. Sometimes I don't charge. You know, just for the some piece of just go and register a company, don't charge. But that 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 thing about relationship. But you also they also is a matter of trust. If they see that you are doing things and you feel that there are things that are wrong, you must tell them. Don't benefit. Don't think of short term gain. You know, and long term, right? So. That's how the relationship is built. Mm. Then what happened? I
0: you want realized, to bring them out.
1: Yeah. So I started doing it very successful. Then later I decided that, okay, I want to go to another country. My idea is very simple. Take the Chinese to India. The two biggest economy untapped is China and India. I bring them to India. Then I India. I bring them to China. That's all. I started India in late 1990s. I went there first time. Right. You must understand Indian culture, very unique one. Okay, seriously, very hard. India is harder to do than China in many ways.
0: Jack talk, told but, me a little bit about it too. Yeah.
1: <laughs> about what about China, you know. India. Uh well
0: he he did deal with uh bureaucracy yeah. over in India and so it, it, India, it doesn't move, it doesn't move. Yeah. Someone's but, birthday, someone's wedding. Yeah.
1: So basically what I did in India was very simple. I went on the first trip, I think you read the article. I went on the first trip. I I was too First, first trip, I arrange with consultant, management consultant. But like typical Indian I, Singaporean, I choose a cheap hotel. It's a place called South Extension. Uh sixty dollars a day. I don't mind the cockroach. Eh? I can see cockroach running around. But I don't like the hot water shower. Really, no ladder one. Very fair. Eh? And I realized Indian people very snob, You know, very snobbish. They look at you one day. Eh? You are a consultant from Singapore, right? And come and see me and you live in a cheapskate hotel, right? They are late, 10 o'clock appointment, they come at 11 o'clock or 12 o'clock, they don't feel bad. I realized I wasted the whole trip, right? I realized if I want to do this well, uh, you have to do it another way. So I was quite disheartened. I got $10,000. I put aside $10,000 to do this, to break into the Indian market. So I came back. Second trip I decided I, I stay in a place called a Touch uh, at uh, Delhi. Nice place. At that time, Touch was only hundred over dollars, hundred US dollars something like that. Now Touch is worth four five hundred dollars US. So you can see the difference of the growth of the country. And what was nice is this time different. People come eh? I don't even need an appointment. They come, they talk, they even buy me drink, buy me lunch. It's because,
0: face. And like, did you knew about this only, or is just by chance? No, I learned by
1: chance. Okay. Okay, I'm not that smart. I just learned by chance. And I realized culturally we are very yes. different. But I still cannot get the penetration. How do I get crowd? A touch
0: that night was quite interesting.
1: So I, you did
0: match meet them. Yeah, but meet them. But didn't connect? Not, or no, no, What was that?
1: It's, it's going to be a very tedious process. But <gasps> this is not giving me the critical mass. The mass of people I want in the shortest possible time.
0: That you is want to be I want it quick and far, yes. fast.
1: So what happened that day, I went down to a wedding. There was a wedding at Taj, in Taj Hotel. By the way, Taj is very expensive. To have a hot wedding there is expensive. And what happened, I happened to be curious, I walked into the wedding. I was in tie anyway, so I was quite well dressed. I walked in the wedding, and you see, to the Indian, wow, oh, you got a Chinese, a Japanese man coming to my, attend my son's wedding, very big deal. Next thing I know, I give out all my name cards, all gone. I went up and I get another name card. In the shortest possible time, in a wedding, I, my hit rate very high. Okay, let me explain about Indian wedding. Indian wedding is a three to five day affair. It's not like Singapore one night over and that's it, right? Yes. So in the Indian wedding, everybody get together. All over the city, all over the country will come together, especially if you are somebody relative, very important relative, everybody come. It happens in October to March. There's a gap of uh, hell week, hell week uh, where they cover up. But, they want to, but every day is a wedding, right? And they really spend on wedding because it's a matter of face and everybody come together. And they realize, wow, this is fantastic. So from that moment onward, I get crash wedding. I decided that that's the only way I can get to contact. So I do this five city, seven day tour. I will go home, go China, Do I will come back, take another suitcase. I go to India. And I do. I travel from Delhi to Lucknow, Lucknow to Kampu, Kampu back. Then go to Sri Nagar, Sri Naga back, go to Goa. Then I go to Calcutta, Chinagao, everywhere. Calcutta, everywhere, I go up and down, up and down, up and down. I went everywhere. I did this five cities, seven days, for three over years, I did that. In my pump top down, there are over 33,000 companies and contacts I've made. And nice thing about it is, I always, and then I become very uh, focused. Because I can't attend all the wedding. So I choose all wedding that is in a stadium, in a big marquee, you know, Madras Sports Stadium. Uh, I went to, uh, no, seriously, very big farmhouse, huge farmhouse. Uh, I also choose that, either I heard that that the wedding got elephant, uh, then I go. Horses, I don't want to go. Horses is cheaper. Elephant they're more expensive. And then a lot of things, uh, I learned a lot. And I also become focused and sense that I only focus on my worries. You know, the car, India got a caste system. I focus on one particular caste. Then I focus on Rajasthanis and all the people. But I, I built a big contact. So much so that I got to teach there. I'm also a teacher because of what I do. Because it's very rare to find a Singapore person who is familiar with both China and India. And from India, I tap on to Dubai, Abu Dhabi, and all that. Because a lot of majority of the people in Middle East are from Indian origin. And that's how I built my business. That's why I told you, my very successful Indian. Even now, uh, I'm very blessed. Indian, i got a lot of friends who come here, right, who come and visit them. I visit them. And most of I, I teach Indian school. I must have teach thousands and thousands. So if I want something, I just have to make a phone call. So I start building business from Singapore, US, Dubai, Middle East. I do a lot of this. Only... 2005, I came back later. Huh. I came back to Singapore. Uh, I stopped doing this in 2006. In the course of seeing all these things, I, I got a chance to see another side of Singapore, another side of the world that Singaporeans don't see. Uh, innovation, property, another And I learned a lot in the travel. I learned.
0: It seems like you're a networking expert. So this question is a, is a, is a networking question. So you know, like you go to this, you go to this big wedding, and then lots of people getting your name cards and you usually exchange what happens what is the cataloging what is the follow-up what is the uh, what is the process to nurture a contact or do you at all
1: no getting a getting the name card is the easiest part keeping the name card and getting people right if it's been, if you see my Facebook there are thousands of Indian on it right if you tell me what you want now timber I can give you timber supplier you want aluminum screws? I can give you aluminum screws. That's what I do. This name contains everything. It screwed up like, last time. I just changed the phone, but it, <laughs> I still have pumped up. So basically, what I do is, that is network. That is information. That's data. I just haven't bind those data. So somebody now wants me to get water from um, Bangalore. I know the people who distribute water. Right. My reputation is very good. People call me professor. Right. And given that you got a book, uh, people respect you a lot. You're a writer. And now that I do this, uh, even more so. Right? I just went to India. I generate about two, 3000 people just listening about social enterprise.
0: Right? It's something that I can... I'm very blessed. Huh? Okay, let's moving forward now. What wait, wait. wait. What's, so what's the process from, you know, like, getting the cuts or filtering them to knowing uh, and, and, and knowing these companies by re- head and... How did you i don't what I do is i I
1: make a point of writing what I know about a person, everything right so in the course of it you see uh let's say for example right so I write things like that, oh okay. colleague of Bernard, uh, have fun, so I write down all the these are all Indians, every single one of them I just pinpoint and you know, all this is, uh, so by you must keep recording and after you maintain them. So, for example, the other thing I do very well is, let's yeah. see, show you something. Yes. Okay. Birthdays. I can't record oh, eh, Jude's birthday tomorrow. So, I'll tell Jude, happy birthday. The one person that nobody cares about, right? Your wife, your children, nobody really bothers, right? And this consultant friend of yours from nowhere wishes you a happy birthday. How do you feel? They remember you better than anybody else. There yeah, a lot of things I do. is like, no, no, yeah, no, in a class.
0: I think it's great for anyone who's listening. To, to I teach
1: MBA students. I teach them how to do this. I teach them a lot of things. So, these are all in my class. I don't teach, so far, Singapore, company Singapore, nobody wants to teach them because I don't have a PhD. Right. But don't forget, I have, I'm one of the most successful teachers in SPJN because I can tell you about, you know, the bad side of, bad practice of business and all that because I've been, over 30 years of doing this mm-hmm. and I'm willing to share. And not only share, I can tell you the solution.
0: Are there any hacks you have uh, for networking in Singapore?
1: What is hacks? Huh?
0: Uh, no, hacks like uh, shortcuts. Like you go for indoor stadium in, in, in India. In
1: Singapore, I, because of my job here, I don't have time to go and network. Uh, yeah. I I network very differently from most people. I Network for purpose. So let's say, for example, I want to know certain people. I go, I, I go and focus on people who I know has a lot of network. Uh, then I talk to them. Can you help me? People will help me. You know? So there are a lot of things. Uh, I mean, the, the reason why I can do what I do is I've got a lot of people who support me and guide me. So this, work, this network that I have is both very useful. Thing. You know, put the good use them? Okay, let's move forward. So, basically, at that time when I came back to Singapore in '94, I realized something quite unique. This one is the thing you can tape down because at last when I first came to Singapore, I realized there's no beggars in Singapore.
0: Huh? Comparing to India, right? Anywhere. Yes,
1: actually. You ask yourself, you live in Singapore, right? Why no beggars? Why no homeless people? Where's the homeless people? Yeah, I, I saw one there, so I'm done. Let me ask you. You see any homeless people? Right. The third thing is, why no disabled children in shopping center? Don't Singapore very nice. Eh? Singapore is utopia. Crap. Eh? Rubbish. In the course of it, I went to find the answer. And that's why I realized, at that time in '94, eh? I want to find out. I want to do something about it. So I started something called One Day a Month. One Day a Month, I want to do something it, Right. Vincent, go and do your thing. Go, go. Right. Okay. Uh, one day a month, I want to do something. So, I go out. I started with the old folks at Stop- Sporty Park. At that time, I was staying in Soup Park.
0: Why, why did you want to start to do that?
1: No. I realized at the end, they, you must give back. Right. So, at Sporty Park, I see a lot of old people there. These people don't belong to a home. They have sons, their daughters, but they are quite bored at that time. There's no senior activity center at that time. So, I start bringing four, five. I hire I hire a bus. I had a coach that I bring up to 40 and slowly big, 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 bigger, more and more and more. And I bring them to factory visit, shopping in JB on my own account. You see, that time I was a lot over time and I claim day off all the time. So I bring them up all over Singapore. I do a lot of this. Every month, once a month, I do it.
0: Because I tell myself, don't only one year, 12 months. Were you were you inspired by someone, something? I don't
1: need la I just see those people downstairs. Let's go. But the, I'm, I don't. please I don't I don't. I'm not prisoner. I'm not. I don't. I just somebody seeing that there's a problem or an issue and something I can do. I go and do it. So I started four eight got one bus, forty people. Then become eighty, and then I did that for six years. I'm quite quite happy with that. Then I moved house. I moved to uh, another place. So I decided. No, don't do this anymore. I uh, I work with uh, a place called. Kaki Bukit, Riman Prison. Those are kids who are studying A-level, O-level, whatever it is, right? And because I hold a a master's degree, I went there and I teach them. I didn't teach very much where I got promoted, you know, promoted. They they asked me to go to a place called Selarang Drug Rehabilitation Center. There, I worked with them. I worked with drug addict, writing business plan. I set up about 10 businesses from haircut to logistic motorbike business. Uh, and quite good la. I must have done very well that the mother of all prison came Chiang Ni he said so you
0: helped help them write business up. plan
1: at right, that oh. time teach about planning how to raise funds yeah. and this is a young drug addict la. then I got promoted to Chiang Ni and was it
0: any different to teach uh, this drug addict than your MBA students over at Chiang
1: different, different different, completely different how would, right. what, what are the what, what are the differences I, 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 I the different lies in the sense that you need to change them. You see, when MBA come and study, they pay the money they want to learn. These people is slightly different. Their attitude is really different. But you still need to get them to be interested. How do you get them to be interested? I always tell them, I always come here, I told them, I come here and talk talk. We want to listen, listen, don't listen. I go home tonight, I sleep well, so none of my business. It's up to you. You got that window only. If you don't tap my expertise on this window, uh, then forget it. Maybe our 10%, maybe 2% will listen to you. That's good enough you are not trying to change the whole world, you know. If two person can wake up and say, okay, let's do this, then good. And so far, touch it. I've been very successful.
0: So you have been, you just go on and, and play that. I, I'm here. Make use of me. And uh, I have knowledge that, that, you know, I might yeah, be able to get, help you. on. I told
1: you from the beginning, respect has been earned. Yes. And the very first day, I don't tell them about our business plan. I tell them about opportunities outside, what to do. Then, you know why the prison likes me very much? First of all, I'm secular. I'm not there to tell you to be a Christian, a Buddhist, whatever it is. It's secular. And sort of, they're quite comfortable with that. Secondly, I told them, I'm here because I want to help you. You know? If you listen, don't listen, never mind. I'm not paid anyway. If you don't listen, I just, you know I can go and bugger off already. Right? First two trips, they have to be comfortable with you. Once they get comfortable with you, uh, I tell you, I tell you it's very easy to work with. Because, come on, they also want to see there's hope. You got to give them hope. Give them a vision. Give them a chance, you know. And I tell them, don't give up, you know. There are people out there who will help you. Right. Out of 10, maybe only one believe in it. But it doesn't matter. One life is better than nine lives that don't want to be safe. Right. Yeah. So, after doing that, I got to Changni. And Changni, I worked there for many years, helping and Yellow
0: River. The people. same thing slightly different because oh, I,
1: of this book, Changi is this book, Animal Success, right? This book actually talks about why you should not go back to Changi prison. So inside there is a lot of story, one after another. And in the course of presentation, because I come from Cooper's Library, my presentation skills should be not that bad. <laughs> so basically I told them about stories of A, B, C, D and all that, and what they do. So it becomes a nice way of sharing them. Uh, I'm a very good storyteller. That's why. You I think are. That I'm right. So, I'm quite, I'm quite blessed in a sense. Since I got that skill, I myself do this. And that's how I did it. So, I did that for many years. In 2006, I realized, Now let's do something bigger. And that's how I developed Project dignity.
0: Yeah. I'm, at 2006, you came back, you know, you started with an idea that this guy who wanted to be a chef. Is, no. What happened was,
1: Okay. I travel a lot. Then my wife said, "Why don't you uh, stop for a few years? Just you know. that time my kids are young." So I told myself, "Okay, la, no, don't travel so much." So I got a job. I was asked by the S- Spring Singapore to head the Restaurant Association of Singapore, and I went in. I restructured. I went restructure the whole thing. Uh, built the whole do no, one is a is a is a. I built the whole place up. Set up the school. Everything. It was then that I realized uh, that issue, you know, that uh, people with disability is very hard to find jobs. Mm. I hey. got people who are disabled coming here want to be a chef. Then I look at him, uh, I, even if I train you, uh, if you go to a restaurant proper, right, there are 17 different positions, from the caller to the one who picked the vegetable to the one who washed, the one who cooked, the one who steamed, a lot. So I doubt very much you can come
0: close to become a chef. And that's where the idea of hawker comes in. I realized you can train. And why, out of like many empowerment uh, schools that change other people, why do you choose hawker specifically? Okay. The people answer people that, teach crafting, you know, no, no. craft work. Food is a need. You need to eat. If
1: you study muscle hierarchy of needs, right, you really need to eat. And what can I do? But hawker is also an Asian phenomenon. They are everywhere go to Thailand, Bangkok, the first thing, gotta push out the water, selling drinks and everything. Secondly, they only need to learn one thing. Bakery. Mee pa mi cha one item people queue up, correct? So I only need to focus on training one item. As an engineer, I realized, hawker uh, is a lot more simpler. Let me explain. You train a, a Down syndrome person now, go to a restaurant to learn coffee. When they serve it, it's cup, copper, cup, saucer, spoon sugar, correct? Copios or one cup, settle. you, you, you got to look at the thing, the elemental thing of building up the skill. Got it.
0: So, this is only one item and it's so simple, break down into item. Right. And after the version one of uh, Dignity Kitchen, which was uh, quite a success. Oh, no, got, no, no, no. You haven't, mean, haven't, haven't started that one yet. <laughs> In 2006, I started this.
1: I went start looking for money. Since you want the whole version, I you the whole version. In 2006, I started looking for money. You know what happened? Uh, if, if you could tell people that a hawker center can be meant by stroke, uh, by down, uh, by autistic, nobody believe you. But what I did was quite clever. I bounced this idea to every single F&B because I was executive direct restaurant association. I bounced it off to everybody who is in F&B business. Uh, all the famous chefs, uh, all the operators, are not those government agencies, nobody could believe you. And everyone gave me a different view. Everyone said it can be done. If it can be done, you're very successful. If it cannot be done uh, <laughs> you can forget about it. It's very tough. It is very tough. Trying to train a person in the f m b is tough enough. Trying to train a disabled people for this a v is even tougher. I remember all sitting with me like, all the bosses one by one, I asked right some are different, some individual. after talking to them for many years I, I think. Somehow inside, I know how to model it. Already. You see, how to model it is very important. You must get the, don't be afraid to ask. One One thing I'm, you'll find, that I'm very, I always ask people what I don't know. One. And people will always tell you. That's why in China, India, I'm very, they are very good. Because they know that, uh, you know, you're very humble. You learn to learn. I always learn. one, And that's one thing you must understand. So after modeling, I went to Spring, Singapore. Because I know there's a, something called seed fund. Mr. Koh, your idea is very good. But you see, you got social. Sure. You should go to MCYS and get the ComCare Fund, Community Care Fund. So I went there, presented. Mr. Koh, your idea is very good. But you see, you got training that come under WDA. So I went to WDA, presented. WDA is very nice. Huh? Don't forget, at that time I was ED of Restaurant Association, yes. which I know everybody that is about all the of The people I talk to is not your officer, it's the directors. Then he told me, Spring, you no, know, WDA don't find startup. Please go back to Spring, Singapore and get the funds. So I realized there isn't money. Then, I, at that time, I still doing my Is consulting. it because there isn't money? There was no money involved. No. I realized nobody would support me. And I'm a social enterprise. When I tell people what is a social enterprise, nobody you know what is that. I told them, actually, social enterprise are just a commercial entity trying to solve a social problem. So what social problem am I trying to solve? I'm trying to try eradicate poverty. Try to help poor people. Because I remember hawker can support family on that. Uh, why can't we do that? And second thing is I'm trying to create employment for these people. You know, all those people sitting there. So if they can have job, which I successfully done now, I'm very proud of it, I've done it now. So that it should be what I want to do. So that was the year I look around. I was still working at that time. I still got my consultancy job. Then I start looking for place. Everywhere is so expensive. I went to bid, I went to tender. I couldn't find a place. Then I went to find people, you know, all these people you see, these are the people I picked. Some of the people has been with me from the beginning, right? And then eventually I decided, okay, time to do it. Actually time to do has a lot to do with my mother one day. One day she asked me watching television, she said, "Uh, what are you going to do? What are you doing now? What do you want to do? I told him this answer many, many times. He said, yeah. Stop. I I can Right? And that's where I started thinking about it. And 2010, I remortgage my office. With 250000 I put it
0: in. Then, then you already had three stalls that... No, that you
1: know. was
0: the time. 2010, I started it with four stalls. Four stalls. Okay. And
1: uh, individually looking after the whole thing. Then... uh. After one over years, year, renter goes up. So no choice, I moved to a second place, Kaki Bukit. 14 stores covering 14,000 square feet. That's where I built Dignity Mama 1, 2, and 1 and 2. Then I built kitchenette one after that. Then we incubate. Then uh, after that, renter goes up again. So I moved to here. Lah. So that is a separate story. Uh, the Dignity Culture is a very long story. So now I've been around for what, six, seven and a half years now? Uh, we train over 460 people with disability. Normal people coming to training, I've trained over thousands by now. Normal people like you come and learn. Uh, yeah, because you do WQS as, yeah. as well, right? So, I'll be coming for lunch, we've done over uh, 46,000 by now. Wow. Almost
0: 10,000, 9,000 Incubate, 10, 000, 10, 9, yeah. 000, uh, Incubate year.
1: over 33 business. Right. Orchestra stores all over Singapore. That's why we won the Social Enterprise Award.
0: What was the most difficult failure you had to stomach running Dignity Kitchen?
1: It has to do with the suicide. Right. Can I tell you the story? I made one very stupid mistake with one of the trainees. She, at the age of 20, she studied. Then what happened? Uh, she didn't do very well. At the age of 32, until, from age of 20 to 32, she went from depression to bipolar. You know it's bipolar? You know, have, up and down, happy and uh So we take her, I took her in one day. I trained her. Then I realized, uh, she came with a doctor and a uh, mother. And I don't understand. Actually, I know about bipolar, but never in depth. So what happened? I decided to train her and uh, put her to the courses. And I realized my Paula bipolar very tough. Seriously very tough. Why? When she's on medication, very good. When the med- medication becomes half-life worse, she can pick all the rubbish you see on the floor. She, people sneeze also put on the tape, put on the, the bag every day. At 4 o'clock like that, uh, I have to clear off her rubbish. Right? My, my very tough one. We got, after training, and she's very smart. She passed the exam, passed the test. We put her through everything very well. We put her through, a, then we got her a job. The job is at a factory doing sticker, cutting stick, And she worked very well. That is where I learned the biggest lesson, or biggest failure in dignity kitchen. All the bosses who want us to give them workers are, are very nice ones. They need that worker, and they really want to help, right? The problem I didn't know was co worker the people they work with. So the first co-worker treat her very well. Late also, never mind. Buy her lunch. I not know, her mental state was very nice. She was happy. They changed the second worker. This second supervisor scold her, shy her, take things, throw at her. I didn't know till I saw the CCTV, right, and how much she went through. You must understand, depression people don't talk. Like. They keep and keep and keep and keep. One day, she until one day, on a Monday, she went back home. Waited three thirty and jump from the six point and kill herself. That lesson taught me a very bad lesson. Why I know is the police call up. You know this, 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 this. Yeah. Later on, I found out. They didn't tell me she committed suicide. The they called the company. I told her where she works. The company called me. The boss called me. The boss was crying. I was also crying, and realized quite tough. Until the day I realized, after that, I realized I'm just trying to do too much in too short a time. Maybe I should just, don't take 20, 30 people, 5, just take 5 or 4 then, and slowly help these people, one by one. And we're also very selective. Not everybody will help. We start trimming them down. By the way, what we are doing now in Dignity Kitchen is, there are about 400 people, three 400 people waiting. On the list of crowd that I have. But why can't we take every? Not everybody we can help. Really Seriously. And that is the toughness of it. Answer your question? What are the criteria then? now after? We're looking for three things. Social, articulate, mobility. Social can talk. Articulate can do. Mobility can come to work. We're looking for... We cannot... We, we try to do those we can place. You see, in, in most places, they train, train, train. Training no use, and you must place them with job. So that's where we are coming. We place them with job. We are able to place them.
0: And do you design uh, the training program af- after choosing the placement? Yeah, yeah. Sometimes they
1: only work three hours, two hours. Sometimes they only chop vegetables. There was one guy who just chopped vegetables every day. Two hours get paid. You've got people who just uh, help to clean up, certain, do certain work. That's all. You see, you customize the job to those people. So there's a story behind it. Question? You're not asking me about the mitigation, so let's talk about something. Yeah,
0: like yeah, that. no, I, I want to know about the pairing system as well that you, uh, that, that you, you talk about briefly uh, because you, you take on so many different kinds of uh, different disabilities. No, the mitigation
1: are out to do four things. First, the methodology is very simple skill them first. Cooking is a skill. Secondly, uh, we gain full employment. I want to get them to be paid properly. There are places I know where they pay sixty dollars a month. Shelter workshop, not very bad. Thirdly, I want them to be integrated back to society, which is why I create hawker centre. Everybody come to hawker centre. And fourthly, inclusion, getting society to accept them. This until today is also the biggest challenge. You'll be surprised; not many people can accept mental patient, bipolar, schizophrenic, uh enzema, or this dialysis. So. That's what I was trying to do. Am I successful? Not really, la. I'm still learning. It's not something that I would encourage people to do. If you tell me tomorrow you want to do this, I say I'll ask you why. What for? What are you trying to do? I came in with the purpose of trying to help these people, but I didn't know the extent of. The challenges that mounted it. You see the boy just now. Imagine he's somebody's son, somebody's brother. If he's your brother, he then thankful to people like us, correct? So, if we look at them, some of them have done quite well. I, I, some of them went got job. Some of them have a lifestyle which, which I'm very proud. No, please proud for them. Do I want something for return? No. Um, I never ask for anything in return. The rule number one I have here is very simple: Zero expectation, zero employment, disappointment. So I don't get disappointed. But I make sure by who or by who. Over the years, we've done over 400 of them, 460 of them, all have, don't have jobs, all have jobs or a CPA. Maybe about 60, 70 percent are still in a job, which I'm something I'm very proud of. If they can go, I earn 1,000 dollars a month. One year, twelve thousand have CPF. You know how many people I've how how much money I've saved for the government. There's over four point eight million, five million dollars of social impact, and it's not that one person; it's that one person's family. Yeah, somebody's brother, somebody's son, somebody's uncle, you know. And I'm glad that I could be a part of it.
0: Um. People has always, like you mentioned, been the hardest component of every business. And how do you then motivate them uh, to, to still come, to, to, to learn, and to place them in Okay, let me explain. Jobs?
1: Why is project dignity so successful is people will keep coming because we don't, you know, like in, in other organization, in here, we use money. Money is the motivating factor. If you study master Haraki, you need to do subsistence. Money is an important part of their life. So they need to come. If they come here, they get paid $5 an hour. You don't come, you don't get paid. So using money as a motivating factor, we train them. So schools, if every teacher gives a student $10 to shut up and keep quiet, huh, I believe they will follow suit, right? But here we need them to learn. And to do that, we need to pay them. It's not cheap. Training one person is not cheap. In total, I spent over a million plus of this. I tell you the first law is 200,000. When I moved to the second place, Kaki Bukit, I have half a million. I borrowed. When I moved to here, I tell you, you don't have many friends. Everybody see you losing money. You think they were there to answer your telephone call? That was quite disappointing. But at that moment, my mom passed away and my mom left me some money and I put the money in thinking that my mom would want me to carry on. I carry on. And
0: the day that you put it So it's in, in
1: total $1 million invested in it.
0: By now, it will, I lost a lot. What is the conversation you had when you, know, you need to tell your wife about this, that you are committed to, to stay on? for the long haul? Because no, I'm very lucky not I got... You.
1: Actually, from the day one, my wife knows me very well. And she also supports me when I do, you know. So I'm very fortunate in that sense she's still earning money, she's still working with supporting the children while I support this baby and make it work. Like if I stay in my old job and do it, I'll be very successful. In terms of money, I'll be successful. But success is not measured by money. You know?
0: Okay? You will look... Are you, are you are you running out of time? No no no. It's up to you. I, okay. I finish it. Um, um. No, I read that the education at one point was losing about two thousand dollars daily. No. And now first year it, is, it is, no no.
1: First year I lost two hundred seventy. The sales are two hundred thousand. I lost two seventy. Mm-hmm. Second year four hundred thousand. for the first two and a half years, it's losing a thousand dollar a day. How did that
0: change to breaking even? What was no? The... I
1: got five revenue from the very beginning. For those entrepreneurs out there, if you really believe in it, stick with your belief. So I got revenue from sales of food, delivery. So if people buy my food, I earn money. If you've got event, event, uh, let me know we deliver to you. We also earn money from training. Now with Scale Future, you come here, we can tap on Scale Future Credit. Uh, we got WDA, not WDA, we are ATO. we got events. we got a lot of events here that we try to outreach to people, engage people, young and old. Uh we got uh rental, we got consultancy, so all five of them hopefully will generate the money at one time to support the fan to support the project so by the time I go to Bukit, like right, third year or so, all the five revenues are in place, and that's how I survive so second after that i support uh third year I make money, fourth year I break even right and that's how I survive so long.
0: I also read that you have um, um, learned a lot from uh, Miss Ang Bilian who's the National Council of Social. I Systems. learned a lot from a
1: lot of people. I'm very fortunate in that sense. That I got very nice people like Bilian Fu Hua, a lot, of Lim. there Lim, a lot of people out there who guide me. One like Xionguan. there Wan, a lot of people just you know when I need help. I need somebody to talk to. I will go and talk to them, and then they'll tell me, Yeah, this, 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 this. I will look at it and I say, okay, I, I, one thing I learned, you see, I don't attend classes, I don't attend seminar. I, I, when I want to learn something, I actually went on site and see it or talk to people who know who are in the midst of it uh, and ask them and they will explain to me.
0: And that's what, how I learned. What are some of the lessons that you got from Billion?
1: Billion taught me, not just Billion, uh, most of them taught me a lot. Like Billion taught me, you know, about humanity, about kindness, you know, about the kind of people we can help. Right. So, I'm very fortunate in that sense.
0: Um, tell me a little bit about Dignity Mama.
1: Dignity Mama was started about four and a half years ago. A mother and a child walked in. And I realized that uh, mother with disabled children is very tough. The mother left her job. Husband earned a living, tried to keep. So I decided there must be a solution to this. You see, the, my character is that like, if you don't tell me the problem, I don't care. I, do not, I don't really bother. So when it took, I found the problem, I decided, why don't I do something about it? And that's where I opened the bookshop, selling secondhand book. Why secondhand book is free? Why book? Book is low touch, meaning that it's not like shape or size, color. Harry Potter is Harry Potter. Uh, then I located in hospital. Why hospital? Where do you find the most doctors? Hospital uh also very captive customer. You sick, you go buy, buy my book. You go away, you know, you return my book. And half hospital are very safe, cameras everywhere. So I that formula took it with three mothers, three children at who take one hospital and it was very successful. Then I set up a second one at NUH Medical Center, five mothers, six children. I just set the third one now at um uh, all uh, altogether 23 people there. Uh, so altogether, what, 30 40, 30 people working for me now, my store. Frankly, what, the chances of them for get something outside is not possible, very difficult. Now they have a shop, they earn a bit of money, they get paid CPF, and that's why it's so successful. Then I started a third one, dignity cottage. Dignity cottage is for mother with, uh, with disabled children, IQ 30 below, very tough one. So I train them up train the teacher, and we do bird's nest. And so far, that was the first pilot, doing very well. We're going to start another one. Then we started something called Dignity Kitchenette, where we opened small stores. Not to me, I helped them to groom school canteen stall, guide them and set it up. Then the fourth, the fifth one is Dignity Kitchen, Dignity Mama, cottage, net. The fifth one is Dignity Meal. Dignity Meal was started about six months ago. Why I started LinkedIn Meal was very simple. There's one person in our life, uh, when we live in HDB, uh, that we never actually look at them. The HDB cleaners. So I started doing this to give cleaners one decent meal, one hot meal a week. So Monday, four to six, I cook them one hot meal here, right? Uh, We also cover PMET, people who are out of job, who want some dog meal. The nice thing about the uniqueness of this program is I don't ask for IC number, whatever it is. Just come and eat and go, that's all.
0: One hot meal. That's all. It's called dignity meal. You seem to have been doing so many different projects all you know at the same time. I would say. You know, and,
1: and actually there's not all different it's all one project. Yes, under Project dignity. dignity. All with the same purpose. As I told you. Eradicate poverty, job for the disabled. That's all. The focus is the same. The vehicle is different. Each vehicle I take is different. But the focus and opportunity is the same. So I'm creating opportunity now. You come in, you cannot cook, you sell second hand books. You really cannot sell second hand books, you can pick first desk, you know, stuff like that.
0: Yeah, Well, I'm curious, this is more on a personal question. How do you balance that, you know, um, uh, I need to get things done, let's do it, let's do it now, versus the patience that you need to to, to teach people? no. There's two kind of operation there's two type kind of aspects here. One's
1: operational, one is strategic. My job is strategic. I look at ideas, I try to find a solution, I do the innovation to get the things done. Operational wise, whatever they do, they just carry on. They just have to tell me what they want to do. Sunday closing, you no,
0: know, extra stuff, renovation they have to. And you want to talk a little bit about the version 4 and version 5 and where we are at right now? No, just leave that aside. Okay. I think we got 4 and 5 up. My character
1: in life is that I don't talk about it until I can do it. So until I can do it, there's no point to talk about it. Mm.
0: Okay. Um, I saw there's also a uh, mother's room and father's room over here. Uh, what was uh, What's the story behind that? Father,
1: father support us.
0: Mother educate us. That's how I put it.
1: My father is a very kind man. Uh, he supported us all these years, six kids, and brought, you know, brought a lot of things to us. My mother educated us the value and the thing. And I think I want to delegate to all the pep, father mother out there That's all.
0: And what are the functions of those rooms? No, father is the
1: administration room, mother is the education training room. Got it. Yeah. Okay, uh, quick round of uh, questions. You want to just mean this up question? Yes.
0: What is the book or books you have given most as a gift? Uh, my book. My <laughs> other book? than your book.
1: No, no, no. I, 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 these are the books I give away. Mm-hmm. Uh, I give my son's books as well. But buy books and other. But the question here is as a gift. This is always as a gift. Okay. Sure. Uh,
0: what have, what you- have you purchased recently under 100 that has most impacted your life in the last six months? Handkerchief. You
1: see, nowadays, uh, everybody carries tissue paper. I really find that I don't have handkerchief at one stage. So I go and look for handkerchief, realize there's no people selling handkerchief in Singapore. Now, like, now I found where it is already. You know? I went to Chinatown, I found it. I went to Malaysia, Johor, I found it. So if you ask me under $100 in the last six months, with will be handkerchief.
0: Uh, what is the worst advice you have seen or hear being dispensed in your world?
1: Every day I see the paper, people ask you, start a social enterprise, start a social enterprise. That is the stupidest advice people ever give. Let me explain to you. If you listen to my talk, uh, my title of the talk is Why You Should Not Start Social Enterprise in Singapore. Now, there's a reason why. If you can listen to what I say and still want to do it, that's a reverse psychology, then I think you'll succeed. If you listen to my story and it's like, wow, very tough, uh," then I think you better stop doing it. The people who give advice on starting a social enterprise, have they been through it? If you look at the Kitchen, you know how many people tried to replicate this in the last Kampong Simnang, Bado, everywhere, everybody. Where are they now? They are all close friends of mine, by the way. And I see what they did. You know, what they lost is even greater than me. Okay?
0: Next question. Any advice for your 20 and 30-year-old self and place us where you're at?
1: My advice is very simple. Go see the world. Singapore is not the center of the universe. There's so many things out there. And the more you see, the more you learn. As I told you all people, in the Valley of the Blind, the One-Eyed Man is the king. Whoever created this uh, has seen a lot more. Why, why is that the first person to do this? Hawker Center has been around for 150, 60 years now. Why nobody created a Hawker Center for Disabled? Mm-hmm. And there are very smart people out there. So,
0: where? So this is what 20-year-old?
1: Yeah, go and see the world. Travel the world. Don't tell me, no, just go and see the world. The more you see, the more you learn. And the more you learn, the more you can bring back to Singapore. And the more that Singapore will benefit you from your exposure.
0: What were you doing then at 20?
1: I was, by the time I'm 25, I'm out of Singapore. By the time I'm 30-something, I came back to Singapore. By then, then I recover three continents.
0: Advice for 30-year-old?
1: The same advice, I always tell people, go and see the world. Because some people will go later at 30, you know? go and see the world. True, that, some people say you must get married, get an HDB, BTO and all that. Right. But I think at the end, uh, you last, the last thing I'll tell you, the best advice i tell you later. Okay. okay?
0: Uh, when you think of the word successful, who came into your mind My mom and, and why? Dad.
1: My mom and dad brought up six very good kids. Right. That itself is successful. A lot of people say, I start fantastic business, multi-millionaire. You can tell me about Jack Ma and all that. But for the person who brought up Jack Ma, right, or Bill Gates, uh, and to see their son like that, I think it's, it's a success. You know what I mean? Not in terms of wealth, but in terms of what Bill Gates go out and eradicate bacteria, like malaria and all that. You know? Uh... So, if you ask me, all these people, to me, right? it's the parents who brought them up where they are,
0: even for you. Are there any routines or habits that you find important?
1: This is a very silly answer, a silly question. What, what I do is, morning and evening routine is to go to the toilet. I go pool. If you ask me what's the routine that I do a lot, I farted. So... <laughs> I don't have things that everybody tells you all no, Human nature, human, the human body requires a lot of things, So this is the answer I give to you. how am routine and habit. Yep, I
0: fart. Morning and evening routine, I go to the toilet and poo. What are some of the most common misconceptions about you or your work? Okay, most misconception is a lot of people say dinghy kitchen is
1: religious. Religion. Christian value. When I wrote, built this place, that Dignity, Project Dignity is not about religion. It's about kindness. I wrote somewhere that kindness has no religion. Kindness has no politics. Kindness is blind to the color of your skin and the nature of your disability. Kindness cannot be preached. It comes from the heart. This place is about kindness. It's not about religion. There's a misconception that this has a lot of Also, this is the key. It's nothing about it's about kindness. That's a misconception. And kindness applies to right across everything.
0: Um any are there any asks or requests for the I don't audience? Want this question? Are there any asks or requests for the audience? You want to ask them to come? Uh oh, see I see. Yeah. It's not about People
1: asking me what's the parting word for them, right? No. <gasps> no, come and see. Come and learn from Come and see what we learn, what we have here. You must be proud. One thing here, this is entirely Singaporean. Everyone you see here are Singaporean. Charity starts at home. Secondly, here you got a chance to interact with three, three things. A social enterprise, elderly coming for lunch, and positive people with disability. There are very few platforms in Singapore that does this, right? The thing, when you come here, you realize how blessed you are. Seriously, I'm very blessed to be able to wake up in the morning, brush my teeth with my two hands, go to work, do my sit-up, do my chin-up, go out and do things. You know, it's very blessed. And a lot of people take it for granted, right? So the very essence, you can come here and see, right? Mental patient, stroke blood death person you really count your blessing
0: where can people find you or your project uh, on the internet
1: okay we are on Serangoon Avenue 2 uh, at um, 0202 block 267 that's where we are uh, our internet is project dignity Top SG
0: What's up, people? It is over. As usual, all show notes, links, books can be found on the website, brianvictor.com. If you have any misfits you'd like to hear from, feel free to drop me an email. Thank you again for giving the time listening to this episode. I appreciate it. Hope you guys have a fantastic week ahead.